Philippine Senator Risa Ontiveros calls for a probe into China's access to the country's power grid, a call backed by the National Transmission Corporation. The Philippine Bureau of Internal Revenue shuts down 11 branches of an offshore gaming operator for alleged tax violations. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte not happy with the numerous complaints about the country's hosting of the Southeast Asian Games. He wants a probe into allegations of corruption. And the U.S. House Judiciary Committee invites U.S. President Trump to its first impeachment hearing. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program. A Philippine senator urging Congress to investigate Beijing's supposed access to Manila's power grid. Senator Risa Ontiveros filed Resolution 223, which seeks to conduct a national security audit of operations and facilities of the National Grid Corporation of the Philippines, or NGCP. That's amid concerns the country's energy infrastructure may be compromised. The Senate probe will include the National Transmission Corporation, or TRANSCO, the local partner with a majority share, the Defense Department, the Armed Forces and technical experts. China State Grid Corporation owns 40 percent or owns a 40 percent share in the NGCP. Last week, Philippine energy officials confirmed to senators during their budget hearing the possibility a hostile third party like China could remotely shut down the country's power grid. Uh, i-probe namin kung yung uh, power transmission sector natin, merong foreign access dito, may control dito ng uh, mga dayuhan, hindi lang tayo mga Pilipino. Kailangan namin siguruhin kung nakapag-implement na ba ng technical safeguard mm-hmm. para maiwasan yung anumang foreign interference o kaya pagsabotahe pa ng, asyo- mm-hmm. ng ating national security, national oh. electricity grid. Kung totoo yan, na pinipigilan ang Transco mag-exercise ng oversight sa NGCP, vulnerable tayo. Uh, grave risk po yan sa ating public infrastructure, banta din yan sa ating national security, at yun na nga sa pang-araw-araw na buhay natin. The Philippine Transit make that Philippine National Transmission Corporation or Transco also calling for a wide-scale probe and audit of the National Grid Corporation. Transco President and CEO Melvin Matibag reveals Philippine transmission lines were repaired remotely in another country long before the NGCP and China State Grid Corporation took charge. He says systems and software in the lines were made by the Nari Group. That's a China State Grid Corporation subsidiary. Matibag adds the State Grid Corporation of China currently has a larger representation on the company's board than the two Filipino groups holding a combined 60% of the firm. At yan naman po, talaga pong historically, kung babalikan niyo po noon, nung pumasok sila, sinabi na po namin yung tinanggal lahat ng equipment na bago pa, wala pang isang taon. Yung po mga European at American equipment na nakalagay dyan, pinalitan nila ng Chinese na equipment na Chinese na, na software mm-hmm. na ang nakakaintindi lang po ay China kasi ang nakasulat lang po na instruction at manual ay nasa salitang ICIC. Kung maalala po nyo noon, nung panahon po ni Pangulo Aquino noon, yung administration nila, naging issue na yan, may mga nagtrabahong ICIC mm-hmm. na naging kaso po nga yan na wala nalang bigla.
Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte wants an investigation into allegations of corruption hounding the country's hosting of the 2019 Southeast Asian Games. The international sporting event faces several problems, including unfinished gaming stadiums and logistics issues. Duterte spokesman Salvador Panelo says the president is not pleased with all the negative reports. Allegations ng mga ganyan, incompetence and corruption. Uh, will it include the Speaker Cayetano since he is the head of the... Yeah, siguro, kasama na lahat yun. Kasi when you investigate a particular body, kasama na lahat yung mga kung sinong involved doon. Kung talagang meron, no, they, they should be accountable. We learn from mistakes. If, if it shows na malabo pag private ang may hawak, hindi na tayo siguro gagawin natin yung susunod na mga panahon. Well, former presidential aide and now Senator Christopher Bongo also says Duterte was very concerned about the welfare of foreign athletes participating in the SEA Games. Well, the blame game continues in, Philippine, in the Philippine Congress. Senate President Vicente Soto III is blaming the House of Representatives for the delay in the passage of the 2019 national budget. See, some House lawmakers have blamed the, delay, the delayed budget for the country's problematic hosting of the SEA Games, but... Soto says the change in leadership and committee chairmanships in the lower chamber is the main reason the budget got stalled. Una, nagpalit sila ng leadership. Oo, nakakalimutan nila na nagpalit sila ng mga chairmanship. Oo, nakakalimutan nila na imbis na isubmit sa amin by October 1, yung budget, sinubmit nila noong November 24. Anong magagawa namin? Blessed na naman. Soto says the House also made realignments after the 2019 budget was ratified. May ginalaw sila. Nakakalimutan nila na merong hindi lang 75 billion lang nakita namin, 95 billion na nakita ng presidente na binito. So paano hindi sila may kasalanan ng delay? Medyo nasaktan lang sila no, sa pintas siguro ni Senator Trilon tungkol doon sa uh, Caldron. No? Siguro ganun lang yon Kaya parang uh, uh, binabalikan nila si Senator Trilon. Senator Drillon earlier questioned the 50 million peso Sea Games cauldron that will be lit during the opening ceremonies, calling it extravagant. Well, Senator Banfilo Lacson also blaming House lawmakers for the delay in the passage of the 2019 budget. Lacson claims the House illegally inserted some 75 billion pesos into the budget, even though it had already been ratified. This led to further delays, which in turn held back the funds for the Sea Games. They should not blame us because sila yung reason for the delay. And, uh, well, of course, the Senate was also partly not to blame, but, you know, we, we do not regret what we did because scrutinizing the budget and making sure na walang mali sa budget, constitutional duty namin yun, hindi ba? Okay. So that's what we exactly did, and that caused the delay of the budget, but we did not cause it. It was the lower house. Uh, that really caused the delay of the passage of the budget. Okay. Senator Lakson, meanwhile, says the proposed budget for 2020 is pork-free for now, but he expects this to change as both chambers of Congress head to the BICAM to deliberate on the spending bill. We have yet to meet in BICAM. Mm -hmm. 
yun ang magiging problema because dito na naman yung bakbakan. Because uh, what we need to talk or discuss during the bicam supposed to be yung disagreeing provisions. Meaning, pinasa ng Senado, pinasa ng House, yun lang ang pag-uusapan. But alam mo, sa tunay na buhay, ang nangyayari, ang dami mga ibang insertions not even tackled during the House debates and the Senate debates and yet ipinapasok. The Philippine Olympic Committee should have taken a more aggressive role in organizing the Southeast Asian Games. That's according to former POC President Christy Ramos, who pointed to infighting as the catalyst that paved the way for a private foundation to take over the event. Ramos says the Philippine Sea Games Organizing Committee, or FISCOC, was clearly ill-prepared to mount such a big event. She adds Facebook chair Alan Peter Cayetano should have also stepped down once he was elected in Congress to eliminate controversy over the Sea Games budget. Government funds is always limited and there, there is always such a long process and there is a bureaucracy. So I think really to blame the delay of the release of the funds through government is also partially wrong because then the POC should have uh, raised funds through private sources. And uh, Alan Peter Cayetano is also the chairman of the FISGOC, but he's also a congressman and also the, the speaker of the House. And Congress is really the fiscalizer and the guardian of the public purse. So you're really putting, you know, public funds from one pocket just into the other pocket of the same short pants. And I, I really don't know how they're going to do a check and balance here since it's just one and the same person. Some sectors are saying, oh, they're just politicizing the issue or they just have crab mentality. But I think people do have a right to question and complain because we're using public money for this event. Back at home, a Quezon City court accepts the memorandum of Maguindanao Massacre's prime suspect, Dato Andal Ampatuan Jr. That memorandum contains Ampatuan's summary of arguments and defenses. It was filed months after the trial closed in August. The court said the admission won't prejudice anyone. For the victim's lawyers, the late submission could have been a tactic of the accused to delay the court's decision. The court has given prosecutors an option to respond to Ampatuan's memorandum within five days. 58 people, including 32 journalists, died in the Maguindanao Massacre 10 years ago. Turning to news overseas now, the U.S. House Judiciary Committee invites U.S. President Trump to its first hearing of the impeachment inquiry on him. It will also gather legal experts who will examine the constitutional grounds for impeachment. Committee rules allow the president to attend the hearing and for his counsel to question the witnesses. The hearing is set for December 4th, but Trump is scheduled to take part in a NATO summit outside London that day. Following the invite, Trump blasted Democrats at a rally in Florida, calling them the radical left that's trying to rip the U.S. apart. And now the same maniacs are pushing the deranged impeachment. Think of this. Impeachment. Impeachment. A witch hunt. The same as before, and they're pushing that impeachment witch hunt, and a lot of bad things are happening to them. Because you see what's happening in the polls? Everybody said, that's really yeah. true.
Earlier on Tuesday, Trump said he would love high-level officials to appear before investigators. He lashed out at what he called the D.C. wolves and fake news media for supposedly reading far too much into people being forced by courts to testify. The Republican president continued to slam the impeachment inquiry, calling it a democratic scam that is going nowhere. The Philippine Bureau of Internal Revenue shuts down 11 branches of an offshore gaming operator over tax violations. Authorities say the gaming operator Oriental Club 88 was not registered with a BIR and was not paying taxes. This resulted in trillions of pesos in lost revenue. Philippine finance officials say those unpaid taxes could have helped plug the BIR's 104 billion peso tax collection deficiency. Oriental Club 88 was said to be the biggest offshore gaming operator chain here in the Philippines. The Philippine Central Bank and other microfinance stakeholders are betting on the country's national ID system to boost financial inclusion efforts. As Bruce Rodriguez tells us, the agency leading the rollout of the ID system is on track to meet registration targets despite budget concerns. Some of the most successful micro-entrepreneurs in the Philippines again recognized at an awarding ceremony at the central bank's headquarters in Manila. A businessman in Mindanao brought home the top prize, with his restaurant already earning 13.4 million pesos in annual sales. He sells a famous delicacy among Muslim Filipinos called pastil, a steamed rice dish topped with dry minced beef, chicken or fish. Other micro-entrepreneurs across the Philippines were also recognized at the annual event, with every awardee all sharing the story of borrowing money from microfinance institutions to fund their business ventures. Central Bank Governor Benjamin Diokno says these success stories are proof pushing for financial inclusion is key in addressing poverty and other socioeconomic issues in the country. For Eduardo Jimenez, vice chairperson of the Microfinance Council of the Philippines, more Filipinos will soon benefit from access to microfinance loans as the country implements its national ID system. If you have a very clear, reliable and an ID that can be acceptable to the lenders, mm -hmm. not to the one that would lend money, and that is far properly vetted, that would be very good for the system from a uh, background of the person, because we have a uniform ID, you'd be easily able to uh, assess yeah. the credit worthiness. And it's all systems go for the ID system. As the Philippine Statistics Authority expresses confidence, it can hit target rollout despite concerns of a lack of budget for the program. Senator Ralph Recto earlier said government has failed to propose a sufficient budget for the program as they deliberate on the PSA's proposed spending plan for 2020. During our uh, uh, budget deliberation at the Senate, um, we uh, presented that, uh, uh, of course, we have to have the budget, which is about 5.6 billion for 2020, to cover the target. Uh, I'm happy that the uh, senators uh, actually uh, are, are uh, gracious enough to uh, to understand our our situation, and they promise that they will allocate uh, the necessary budget. Based on the PSA's experience during the pilot rollout, which started in September, it took an average of less than 10 minutes for an individual to register. This includes the screening, biometric and demographic capturing, as well as printing of the transaction slip. Government targets to enroll 14 million Filipinos and alien residents in the Philippines to the national ID system by the end of 2020. And by June 2022, it aims to have at least 100 million individuals on board the program.
Bruce Rodriguez, ABS-CBN News. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.